0: On this episode, we talked to Dan McEvoy, Chief Future Officer at Swanky, a leading Shopify Plus agency with a focus on subscriptions in the food and beverage industry. Dan discusses his experience in Food & Bev and why they decided to double down in the fastest growing vertical in D2C. In addition to the wide variety of opportunities within the Food & Bev vertical, Dan believes it's one of the few recession-proof verticals and there's still lots of VC money available for brands. Additionally, we dig deep on an article Swanky just posted on their blog, detailing their 12 steps for a successful e-commerce website we pull out four major topics detailing the customer portal, churn, influencer partnerships and partnerships in general, and building a community. So let's hop in.
1: So Dan, thank you for joining us. Hi, pleasure. Thanks for having me. Tell us about yourself and about Swanky. Sure. Um, Well, I'm Simon, the founder of Swanky. Um, I uh, come from a kind of uh, computer technology background and um, around about 12 years ago, decided that um, I should probably do something a bit more than I was, um, and decided to start an agency. Um, and that's where Swanky was born. So that was 2010. Um, we kind of, uh, you know, that's when the sort of the, 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 um, company's house documents were filed. Um, we didn't really do much though for a couple of years. So it's around about 2012. Um, we found Shopify launched our first Shopify store. Um, so that's when we really say that Swanky was, was born. Um, Uh, Yeah, and nowadays, uh, you know, it's been a long journey. Um, We're sort of 75, something like that, people across uh, three locations globally. And um, we are, um, yeah, you know, pretty much the go-to agency for subscription internationally. Um, and, And nowadays, working on both the sort of the design and build of stores and also the sort of ongoing growth. Um, so conversion, reoptimization, optimization acquisition, and that kind of thing um, to help brands grow once they've launched. Love it. So you mentioned your kind of go-to agency for subscriptions internationally. You are based in the UK, correct? Yeah, based in the UK. Uh, and then we have offices in Montpellier in France um, and uh, over in Australia in Brisbane. Love it. Love it. So, so let's get into it, to some of our content
0: today. I know that you, uh, Swanky, has a kind of specialization in food and bev merchants. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just kind of start there. Generally, why food and bev? Is that something specific? Is that company something you fell into? What's story there?
1: Yeah. So uh, again, this 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 goes back maybe 2016, something like that. We were working uh, lucky enough at that at that time to begin working with a, a, a what was then a very very tiny uh, brand called Huel um, and. Brand. Yeah, everyone knows the tiny brand Huel. Yeah, yeah tiny brand called fuel, um, and uh, we uh, implemented recharge for them um, as their subscription engine on Shopify, and uh, and it, it it took off obviously, and that was um, and that was a, a moment for us because because you know as, as a founder as someone who's fascinated by entrepreneurial, entrepreneurialism and growing businesses and so on, you know I I saw something quite extraordinary in the in in the pace of growth of Huel. Um, and um, I realized that that was probably, you know, yeah, Huel is, is a very, very special brand, but it's, you know, there's there's huge growth in other subscription brands as well. And so that really excited me. Um, I think as an agency, we're also quite excited by the variety, the sort of the breadth of creativity that can be applied um, in the sort of food and beverage space. Um, you know, not saying anything bad about, about fashion, but um, you, you tend to get quite a lot of websites which are quite similar um and um you know that serves its purpose but for us i think we just we, we love that that variety of, of being able to you know one day we're working on a um you know a baby food brand uh, in switzerland and the next day it's a you know a beer company out of san francisco so uh, we love that we love that variety Food and Bev is really cool too, because it's like you mentioned, fashion there, there really only
0: is one way to do subscriptions in a vertical like fashion. Food and Bev opens everything up and there's a lot of different variants within there from just, just plain, uh, you know, supply and demand replenishment subscriptions. So something like Curly, you know, you like the chocolate brand every month, you get the same thing over and over again, or you do something like a meal delivery kit where it's, you know, maybe you can pick what kind of meal you want every, every week, every two weeks, whatever it is. There's an element of curation there as well, where kind of the brand can pick and choose and say, Hey, we're sending you these five
1: things. So there's a lot of variants within that, um, like you said, it makes for a really exciting vertical. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Um, and yeah, you're right. You know, there's there's we we can apply on that strategy and growth level. We can apply so many different ideas to help brands to attract and retain customers. And it and it does it changes by by the vertical. Um, you know, loyalty is, is such a powerful thing for so many brands. Um, but um, you know, it's it's uh, it, you know, if if your product is a vitamin supplement actually you might not be so worried about loyalty. You know, it might be a great product. People might just, you know, there might be lifetime subscribers no matter what you do. Um, But actually you might want to give people more, um, you know, great content um, so that they can understand uh, those products better and understand their health needs and so on better. So yeah, lots of different, lots of different strategies for lots of different types of business, which is, which is really exciting. What
0: is it about the food and death space that we keep seeing merchants pop up in this new space? You know, why are they choosing this space? You, you mentioned loyalty is a really good one. Loyalty kind of builds itself in. Um, it's one of our fastest growing subscriptions that we see every year or, or verticals at least. Um, why, why do you think on, on your side that we keep seeing some of these food and bed brands pop up?
1: Um, it's, um, uh, I think at the moment what, what we see is, um, yeah, you know, recharging your own reports. I think you've, you've noted that food and beverage is, you know, the, the fastest, perhaps growing vertical in the subscription market, um, uh, that, uh, manifests itself for us, I suppose, in a lot of investor interest in the brands that we're working with. So, so most of the brands that we, um, that we're actively engaged by are, um, investor backed or. You know, working very hard on getting, on getting investment right. sort of, and working with us through sort of consultancy and so on to, to make sure that they can get that investment. Um, uh, and I think that there's, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's, a, there's a, lot of attraction to that, you know, in a, in uh, an environment, perhaps with economic headwinds globally, actually, you know, food and drink and so on. These are, these are a little bit more recession proof than, um, uh, than some products and, and brands. Right. Um, uh, I think people are also often, you know, you know, quite excited by new, uh, new food and drink brands. There's a sort of there's a there's a kind of um, you know hunger, if you'll excuse the phrase, to, <laughs> to, to try to try new things and sort of and and you know, getting a getting a uh, you know a beer subscription where you're going to get something completely new every month. That's really that's really quite it's quite a low cost way to to actually be sort of surprised and, um, and try new things and so on. So, um, and I think we sort of saw that in the pandemic, right? Suddenly, suddenly, uh, you know, everyone's at home, they can't go out to the cinema or the restaurant and so on. Yeah. What's, the ne- what's the next thing that we can do to kind of, to, to be a little bit surprised to kind of, to have something new to experience. And and it, it turned out that, um, you know, obviously online and, and subscription food, food and drink was one of those things that people went to, uh,
0: you're You're spot on. and I, I think you you hit all of the novelty pieces there. There's a lot of loyalty. There's a lot of people looking for new things. Obviously, beer's an awesome category. I guess selfishly that's a that's a really fun one to point at and see a bunch of the variants within there but like it's sorry to bring up a dumb point but like everybody needs to eat and everybody needs to drink so if you're trying to be a little more creative or if you're stuck in your rut with you know breakfast lunch dinner whatever it is meal delivery kits are an awesome way to do that or something like Huel. if you're working a ton you can't really leave and get up and make something fresh that's an awesome meal replacement uh, shake right there for you different different uh flavors and all that so a lot of a lot of variants. I know we keep talking about that, but a lot of opportunity within food and bev space, and a lot of ways to be creative as well. Um, yeah. On on the creative note, um, you mentioned fuel, obviously. What are a couple of other brands that you are working with?
1: Um, yeah, so so we have, as I say, sort of been been doing um, food and bev and subscription uh, since twenty sixteen or so. So there there are there are a lot. Um, Quite a few. Yeah, and 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 they're based all around the world as well. Um I think most recently, you know, one of the most exciting ones we've worked with is uh, HelloFresh. Um I think um, you know, your American listeners will recognize that that brand. They are, I think, the largest um food box, you know, subscription brand in the world. Um they're a unicorn, which is which is crazy. Um uh, and then sort of more, you know, a little bit closer to home in the UK, we've got a fantastic national um uh, national business called, uh, union roasted coffee, um, who, uh, yeah, just, just, just find and roasts, you know, just fantastic coffee. Uh, we've worked with them, but you know, there are, yeah, f- for us, it's sort of, it's that there the, are the brands in sort of almost every kind of area of, um, of food and drink and it's, uh, uh, yeah, we just love that variety. Yeah.
0: So, so kind of just drilling in on, on their kind of sub verticals, if you will, Huel is really obviously meal, meal placement. Uh, They do shakes, you know, high in your carbs and proteins, everything you need. I think they're originally targeted at developers, so they don't have to kind of unplug and kind of make a meal. They could just kind of have it right there sitting next to them. Like that's an interesting one, especially for, uh, for the field we're in. HelloFresh, obviously, meal delivery service, like you said, so totally different than like a meal replacement. And then Union roasted, again, everyone always forgets that coffee is obviously in the food and beverage, level. so there's a lot of coffee roasters, a lot of people who are trying to kind of reinvent things and do things differently, you know, fresh grown coffee and and all the roasting and all that kind of stuff. So tons and tons of opportunity in the food and beverage space. I think it's really cool. And Swanky, obviously, being the leader in that space is uh, one of our better partners. Yeah. So, shifting gears a little bit, um, you just launched an article on your site called "12 Features of Successful Health and Wellness Websites." I want to kind of drill into that. We're going to use that as the the meat of our conversation today. A um, lot of really good stuff here. We can link this in the show notes for everyone to to have access to this. Um, but I want to talk through I think four of the of the really bigger points that you make out of those twelve. Um, anything off the top that you want to kind of talk through about how you know what's what
1: successful ingredients make uh, a really solid e commerce store? Um uh gosh, yeah, you know, the list the list that we that we published is 12, but I think any, anyone who sort of who, who reads a, a list article, it's a it's a it's a good 15 minutes of, of reading, so it's pretty comprehensive. But um yeah, any, anyone who's who's looking around the web will know that there are more than 12 um more than 12 things to consider. Um so I think probably the first thing to say is is um uh, you know this is this is our kind of headline items, I suppose. There's a there's a heck of a lot more to it. Um but uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be lovely to start perhaps with um, uh, perhaps with sort of some of the functionality in um, in recharge that that we that we particularly like, like the customer portal. Perfect.
0: Yeah. So, customer portal being first one. Um, just quick definition. Once a person actually subscribes to a product, they have their own site where they can log into manage their subscription, be able to change, custom, cancel, whatever it is. Um, so, a lot of people obviously say that this is kind of the first place to start customizing that and having a really, really seamless customer portal. So, um, what can you and Swanky add to to flexible customer portal?
1: Sure. Well, the, yeah, the customer portals is, is is pretty exciting. I think particularly for brands that are um, that are growing fast, looking to generate more revenue from their existing um, client base. Um, you know, for a, for a start, yes, you get you get more flexibility and an ability to customize the. Um, the kind of basic controls I think you, you you could sort of say around you know how customers um, cancel or pause their subscription and things like that and that's really really valuable um, but actually if you've already got a a um, loyal um, subscription base uh you know yeah sort of any any number I suppose that you would that you would where, where it becomes um affordable for you to do the development work the design and development work um you would um you know could definitely benefit from adding um, single click purchasing um, through that, um, and that just allows your customers. You know, yes, they already love the products that they're being um, that they're subscribed to, and they're receiving sort of on that on that um, weekly or monthly basis, whatever it is. And um, but it allows them to then also kind of see um, associated products. You know, perhaps complementary products. Um, a really a simple example i suppose would be if you're a shaving brand um you might be sending blades as part of the subscription um, but you could add um, one offs of um you know shaving foam balms that kind of thing as as single click purchases um within the customer portal area uh we have a brand actually who who did um who did something very similar and they they saw their Um, revenue per customer um, quite comfortably double um, as a result of that. So it can be really, really, yeah, quite comfortable. Um, So it can be a really, really powerful way to increase your revenue per customer. Um, And of course, higher margins means, um, you know, more marketing budget, uh, better products, you know, better customer service and so on. We love higher marketing budgets. We'll always take that. Um, yeah. So so what you're referring to is really cross-sells and upsells. It's,
0: a, it's really, really easy in the customer portal for loyal customers to see what's going on and then kind of pick and choose, you know, across or up and down. Do you want more of it? Do you want higher quality? Do you want, you know, for coffee brands, maybe something like a pour-over device, maybe a coffee mug, something like that. Um, lots of ways to kind of be more engaged with the brand other than just, you know, here's your subscription month over month.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, And uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of value there, isn't there? But I, I think also, you know, this this opportunity to, to, to brand the customer experience, you know, all the way through from their first click onto the site um, through to their ongoing experience, you know, there's a lot of value in that as well. Um, uh, And um, yeah, I think, I think where we see, where we see customers, um, uh, Enjoying their kind of their subscription management experience, not just kind of dealing with it as a, as a piece of admin. Um, that's, a, that's a really exciting moment. Um, and you, then that that can be achieved with, with customization through the uh, of the customer portal. It's pretty impressive if
0: you can get a customer to actively engage with and enjoy the subscription management experience. Because you got to think you, you just nailed it right there. It's it is a piece of admin when you drill it all the way down. And it's just kind of a basic functionality. But getting people to actually buy into that and say, OK, this is a cool experience here. the other options I have. There are cross-sell opportunities. There are you know, very cool branding things. Um, there's ways to really even double down on this. Talk local events. You know, there's plug-in uh, links to your portal in there. Um, yep. A lot of different opportunities in the portal. I think it's a, a great first place to start when you're looking to, to build a site.
1: Yeah, you can you can be really really creative with it, um, and and like you say, yes, you know you you, you can bring in um, you can bring in offers into the portal um, for depending upon you know customer loyalty and so on. So there's yeah there's so much to do that you can do that, that will that will help customers to feel to feel you know um, you know special cared for um, you know appreciated yeah. I suppose as a customer, um, and just to elevate the experience beyond admin, uh, yeah, which is yeah again super valuable I think.
0: So let's take kind of the next logical step. All of these pieces that we're talking about, all the customization options, cross-sell, upsell, all those kind of things in the portal, the, the main goal for that is to reduce churn. Uh, that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to have customers stay a little bit longer, purchase a little bit extra. Um, so your number two point on here we're going to talk today is incentives to reduce churn. So um, are there any in the portal that you want to talk through or is this all outside of the portal?
1: Yeah, you're knocking around in various areas. I think so. So um, you know what churn is? Churn is amazing because actually, when you get into your churn figures, um, you sort of you 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 kind of I don't know break down. If you get an analyst in the room and you break down your 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 cost to acquire that customer um, and your conversion rate for each customer, um, and then your churn, suddenly churn becomes an incredible. Very slight changes um, in your churn rate become become really significant last awesome. to, to, to profit, um, and, um, and revenue. Um, so it's, so it's, it, yeah, it's, it's a really, really powerful lever. Um, and, uh, there are, there, there, there are, there are a wealth of things. I sort of, it's almost, I almost feel a little bit sort of, uh, I, I feel like I want to be a bit careful about suggesting things because actually I think the best ways, um, the best ways to reduce churn are, are often very brand specific, and they're about being really creative with how you communicate with your customers and what you and what you offer them as as incentives to reduce churn and so on. Right. But the principle, I suppose, is that is that at some point, customers either are going to um, sort of legitimately and, and straightforwardly not want or need your product at a particular moment. So, uh, you know, as an example with Huel, you know, perhaps every month they're just getting a little bit more than they need, you know, in the, in the pack that's arriving and they just need to, and they just need to pause. So at some point it's just a surplus. It's it's literally a surplus. There's 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 no point in them receiving more, and there's not really anything that you could sort of reasonably do to convince them that they should have more. Um, you know, maybe you could say give a pack to your friend, um, but and there you go. There's a sort of creative approach, right? But um, but but actually, it's it's just it's a, it's just a rational decision to to um, to not have any more fuel at that particular moment, right? right? Um, so in that right. instance, uh, you just need a really simple, straightforward way to allow customers to pause. Um, and pausing is an incentive that reduces churn, because the alternative is sort of phoning customer services and you know going through a, going through a survey and having a tough time, you know, and that that kind of that slightly old fashioned approach perhaps um, to to reducing um, con- you know um, to reducing churn. Um, when actually, all your your customers are very loyal customers. They love the product. They love the they love the subscription. Right. They just don't need it at that moment, and they just need to pause for a month. So actually, having a really having really simple ways to pause um, and manage subscriptions um, that's really important for that 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 moment when when you know it's just very practical. They just they just need to pause for a moment. And then you have customers who sort of who maybe they feel like they've reached the end of the road. They kind of we talked about that kind of experience, you know, having a um, having new experiences with with subscription brands through sort of surprises and so on. Um, And, you know, a new beer every month and so on. Um, Now, those customers need to be need to be convinced that actually it's not the end of the road. They're still going to um, receive something that's, you know, exciting and engaging and um, and going to kind of broaden their horizon a little bit. Um, and that could be about all kinds of things. Firstly, obviously, you need a product strategy that's going to that's going to keep them engaged in that way. Um, but if you're if you're looking at it from a churn reduction, you know, on site churn reduction perspective, um, you you kind of need to think about that 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 creativity. So so how can you add more creativity to their uh, to the or, or more exp- or, or a more fun kind of experience and engagement to their um, to their to their subscription. Right. Um, you know, you can throw in a discount. That's 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 dead easy. Look, they, they they get to they, they have their value equation for for cost to experience. You know. Balance is a little yeah, bit. The better. literal dollars is a, is a value there. Little, little, the literal change in in yeah in the value of the subscription for that new experience changes for them, and maybe they'll stick around to solve that. And that's actually you know that's that's very possible if 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 you're going if they're going through the um, the subscription cancellation flow, you can you can find out the reason, and then you can offer them an incentive in that way. Right. Um, but maybe you also want to offer them um, you know new experiences through an app um you know maybe you can create um you know uh uh, services which go beyond the um the subscription experience like you know communities forums um maybe it's um an editorial which is sort of personalized um or um uh or, or sort of or gated i suppose um for subscription customers you only get access to it if you're a subscriber through your portal or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And you can, yeah, exactly. So you only have access through the portal and so on. So I think, I think my main message is, 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 look, there's lots and lots of um, functionality that you can, you can through that subscription um, management interface, you can identify why the customer is going, is going to leave um, or thinking of leaving and then you can create something which is really specific to your brand and really specific to what your customers are looking for in their subscription and you can respond in that way with that with that item um and there are some really straightforward ways of doing it and there are some much more creative ways of doing it and i love that you started
0: that that whole conversation with like every brand is different everything is is going to look totally different feel totally different because even if you're comparing apples to apples like like coffee brands you may have one coffee brand that's that's really really in deep on Uh, you know, custom community and feedback and all that kind of stuff. And then you may have one on maybe execution. So there's one on how to brew coffee or, uh, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, technological features you have or actual products. So there are, there are different routes to go within that. You kind of need to understand what your brand does um, and then kind of act accordingly. That's a a great PSA to, to kick that one off.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, One, one dead obvious one that I I didn't mention that sort of, but, but using, using, um, other partners, you know, you can, you can leverage loyalty. So length of the subscription, um, can count towards, um, you know, a progressive discount or count towards, um, you know, an occasional freebie that, that that customer receives and so on. So you can, you can incentivize through, um, um, through sort of keeping track, I suppose, of their level of their, their level of loyalty, how long they've been a subscriber um, and giving them progressive sort of uh, enhancements, I suppose, to their experience as well loyalty is huge. It's the same kind
0: of thing There, you know, loyalty is loyalty across the board, but you got to figure out what makes sense for your brand and how to keep people loyal. Cause just saying, Hey, you bought this, we'll give you 10 points is it's not really going to do anything. You
1: got to have an actual loyalty program there. Yeah. Again, be re- be really creative. Um, we, right. we do a fair bit of loyalty consultation and um, uh, yeah, this it, you know, loyalty programs, started with you know one one penny in every pound or one cent in every dollar you know goes goes back to you um and that that was sort of fine as a a stage one but for a d2c particularly for d2c's there's so much opportunity to sort of to carry a brand message to um uh you know to share something um that is, that is special about uh, or, or unique about your brand in that loyalty process. You need to really think about again, what your customer, what kind of experience your customers is looking for um, and how do you kind of, how do you convey that? How do you deliver that through a, a truly tailored kind of loyalty experience?
0: So again, you're, you're walking straight into my, my next questions as I keep moving down here. The, you brought up uh, the word partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so number three on this list that I wanna talk through is, is really influencer partnerships and partnerships in general. Um, influencers has been such a, a crazy ride over the last six months to a year, maybe um, everybody seems like they're using influencers now. Um, but as far as partnerships in general, why are partnerships important on the brand side? Is this like, it's like a trust and credibility thing. What else are, or is the value there?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so um, trust and credibility, in- incredibly important. Um, there's, there 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 are a whole uh, number of approaches i suppose that we can that we can take to partnerships are you, are you talking about software marketing where is uh, generally i'll leave the door <laughs> open for you what what, oh, yeah. what what about
0: partnerships can drive long term success increase lifetime value um on the software side on the hardware
1: side on the merchant side where wherever you think yeah sure yeah um uh, i think that i think that uh on the on the tech side we'll start we'll start with the tech Um, you know, there's some really practical things that you can do. So, uh, Shopify and, you know, has, has the app store, uh, recharge, um, you have your own integrations listed, um, uh, essentially, you know there are there are lots of lovely synergies that you can find between different systems. So so if you're using Recharge and um, looking for an, an you know Recharge and Shopify and looking for um, a um, email platform, you know make sure that it integrates with both Shopify and Recharge, for example. Um, uh, the you know you, you benefit, I suppose, from from firstly you know an out of the box integration. Hopefully, everything's sort of up yep. configured Figured out for you, um, but also um, uh, you know people who have who have thought, I suppose, in creating those products about the most sensible ways to to, to share and integrate data um, between the different platforms. Um, so that's going to help you do all sorts of things. Like you know, for example, for email, if you're going to use Clavio. Uh, um, you, um, you benefit from data sharing into, you know, customer segmentation and so on into, um, Klaviyo from Recharge, uh, which can give you data about whether, you know, whether that customer is likely to churn and so on. So there's, so there's real value in that. Um, and you can then create, you know, flows and so on in, you know, in your email system, which respond to that customer's, um, likelihood of, of churning, uh, at a given yeah. time. Spot on. So
0: there's real. Sorry, go ahead no just just confirming i think that's that's an awesome yeah. example as far as partnerships on the tech side
1: yeah yeah um i think on i think in marketing um uh you know speaking about uh, influencers for example um uh trust and credibility um is 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 really significant really important for dt d to c um particularly uh you don't have the benefit of a sort of you know well-known respected national brand right your um you know your currency really is the the strength of your customer experience um as demonstrated through you know your reviews through um the way that you market and talk about yourself uh, and the way that other people um, market and talk about your brand so um so when that comes to to influencers particularly um you know, you need to uh, you need to I uh, think 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 very carefully about about how those um, how you select those influencers and um and how they're gonna um uh you know how they're gonna work best with you um uh whether they represent your brand, whether they're sort of one of the personas that you would that you would kind of think aligns with your brand. Um uh and uh, and then actually if you do have one of those one of those influencer partnerships that really that really you know, resonates. I suppose with your audience, um, you can begin to create some some really nice experiences because because you can get quite specific about um, about your your influences, right? About your partnerships there on the marketing side. Um, we have so, give a, me, so, so give me an
0: example of, of that. Cause you're talking about personas and you say you can get really specific. So yeah. I know in, in the world of influencer marketing, I'm no expert by any means, but you kind of tag someone who's already in the field, who is, you know, either using similar products or something like that. There's a partnership where then they can, you know, kind of promote your brand, whether it's a really hard salesy way or a little bit softer, but what do you, how, how do, how would like someone like a specific persona work in the food and beverage industry?
1: Um, yeah, so, so, uh, for example, let's see, we've got a subscription, um, a vegan subscription box brand that we work with. Interesting. Uh, and, um, uh, in, you know, in that, in that instance, um, it's, uh, it, it's obviously not a, you know, let's say it's not as high value. Um, it's not as sensible for them to work with influencers that are, um, that are, talking about meat products, um, right. or products which include meat so you can sort of you you know that that's quite straightforward um if you uh if if they happen to be working with influencers who are specifically talking about vegan subscription or, or vegan products um suddenly you've got like a hundred percent overlap you know their entire audience is engaged and interested that their, their entire audience is a, is a possible fit and actually that level of kind of of um uh you know, tailoring I suppose that that level of, of of yeah hitting that that specific audience that you're that right. you're looking for it's very it's very difficult to achieve um in other means um and to have that person talk about to talk about your brand um you know in positive terms um carries a lot of weight you know referred buyers um often spend you know two times non-referred buyers um wow. I don't know I don't know to what extent that that research sort of Covers um, influencer referred, right? But then, but there must be sort of some level of weighting. I'd expect that there's some level of sort of positive, additional positive benefit from um, in spend from from an influencer referral versus, um, you know, just an, a, a marketed a, a, a non-influencer based. Uh, totally, leverage. yeah.
0: Totally, absolutely. That's really interesting. Okay, so so now you're talking getting really specific with your influencer marketing targeting people who can then kind of retarget your audience in a super specific and really, really personal way, kind of working back to to your whole brain and and your portal thing, creating that unified customer experience is important, even through your external influencers. Yeah. Yeah. You captured it much better than I could. (laughs) (laughs) So final, final point we're going to talk through here. And this kind of all leads up to this, we brought it up before, um, but that's community. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a tough thing to, to, to define really. And it's a tough thing to really give advice on because like we were talking about earlier, every community looks different. The The purpose of the community is different. The reasoning behind it, the value customers can get out of that. They're all super different, but is community a significant thing that people should be investing in? Or is this just kind of a buzzword that's
1: going on right now? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think it's, it's absolutely something to invest in. Um, so uh, so there's a few takes on this right you've got you've got your you've got your customer community you've got you've got the the um the communities that that they are part of and form and influencers are often sort of part of um, part of those communities in some way aren't they um you then have your again you've got your sort of you've got your kind of technology and um and um, industry kind of communities um we have seen we've seen incredible, success i think in our as an agency in our connections um to recharge through um ChargeX which is your um uh, your global um subscription conference um where you kind of give us the updates on on the technology that's coming down the pipe um each year um uh it, lots of ideas around strategy lots of lots of kind of thought leadership that's so valuable um uh, a lot of a lot of the stuff that we you know, end up talking with our um, with our clients about our ideas and um, uh, you know research and so on that we have picked up from panels and um, uh, and talks at events like Charge X. So, the <laughs> <laughs> so there's so there's lots of knowledge sharing. That's and it's um, and this industry moves so quickly, doesn't it? There's that that level of kind of knowledge sharing. Um, is so valuable, um, just to kind of keep up with things let alone, let alone get ahead. Um, yeah, definitely appreciate the plug there. I know that you also attended one out in the UK
0: that was food and Bev specific, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. So we went to a, a, a little bit earlier this, um, this month, last month, we went to, um, uh, a conference called, um, the bread and jam festival. Um, there was actually bunting hanging from the ceiling. So it, it, it was a festival, not just a conference, um, <laughs> Uh, and, you know, actually, that, that was a, a much smaller scale. It was, it was in, in London, it was kind of for, for startups scale up um, food, uh, and beverage brands who were, um, yeah, in some cases, um, investment backed in others, you know, they were, they had just, they had, you know, they literally came up to us with sort of, with, um, uh, you know, pots of food and said, try this. And, you know, and we sort of tried it and enjoyed way. <laughs> and I <laughs> yeah, said, do you want to invest in us? And we're like, that's not really what we do. <laughs> but, um, um but um, yeah, that's super exciting. And again, you know, there's there's so many ideas being shared there. Um, uh, and I think if you're, you know, if you if you are there, part of I mean, part of that as a producer, um, you're going to get ideas for new new products, aren't you? And that's really exciting. Um, Swanky, I think, has, has spent, um, you know, as I say, sort of since 2016 or so in the in the food and beverage subscription space. We have built years building um, connections um, here around the world um you know finding people um with with a high level of technical ability um in subscription um whether it's sort of ui ux um you know complex functionalities and so on all of those people we tr- we do our best to have all of those people engaged in different um in different communities so that they are again learning as quickly as possible developing their ideas creating new innovative ideas and things um so yeah, it's de- I, I think it's, de- I think it's dead valuable. I think that, I think that, I think that if you're, if you're not connecting with your peers, um, um, in those spaces, um, you might be missing out on something. So i i heartily, you know, um, uh, yeah, encourage everyone to, to sort of find those connections and, and try and make them. I totally agree. It's again, it's really hard to
0: define and, and kind of identify, you know, what is a community and how to build a community, um, but I think you're, you, the examples you, you have are awesome. It's it's not very often that we get examples on kind of the partnership or the platform side. Um, mm-hmm. We always talk about, you know, uh, like pop-up events where brands can bring to local mall or whatever and do partnerships mm-hmm. with similar companies, things like that. Yeah. Um, but the examples on the tech side and seeing, you know, coming to ChargeX is huge value. You know, going to, to conferences and festivals like Bread and Jam Festival um, it's a lot of, of where you can get some new ideas and really grow the business in unexpected ways that you didn't really think about before. So, um, yeah, really, really good examples there. Good. Thank you. In closing, want to uh, ask you a handful of kind of rapid fire questions that we ask all our guests. So looking forward to, to hearing some of your insight here. What's a piece of advice you give to a subscription brand who's just launching, like maybe someone who is at Brad and Jam festival, just trying to get something off the ground and try to start subscriptions.
1: Yeah, early days. Um, begin gathering data. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter, sort of when or how, in a sense. Um, but begin gathering something that you can use as comparison for later. Um, it's really, really valuable um, because uh, you're going to be able to extract learnings from that. Um, if you, if you're sort of a few months in, make sure you've got GA four made that move to to Google Analytics for. Um, and uh, yeah, begin begin gathering that data. I think uh, keep it simple. Um, respond to the you know once you've once you've kind of detailed your product offering, and you are kind of content. I suppose that that your photography, your um, you know your written kind of guidance and so on on the product is 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 clear and representative. Uh, that your brand messaging is, is clear and representative you know make sure that you've got the absolute fundamentals of the kind of the customers kind of purchasing questions figured out it's it's um uh yeah it's a, it's a real pity actually how often these things are missed um from sometimes in some cases quite large brands so things like postage. you know, What is the postage cost? Um, how will my product come packaged? Will it fit through the letterbox? Um, will it need to be left in a cool place? Uh, that kind of thing. you know. Um, That's a great point, actually. Just double tap on that really quickly. So many
0: brands end up failing with a fantastic product, but all of the logistics haven't been quite figured out yet. And they end up getting punched by something like shipping and postage. And all of a sudden it's unaffordable. You have to change the whole model and now you're behind a few months. So it's really, really good point to bring up.
1: Yeah. So, so yes. And have, have those things figured out and down, but communicate them, communicate them to, to customers. So, so, you know, if I, if I'm in that, if I'm in that purchase journey, particularly for a subscription, these are things that I, that I, that I, you know, once I've actually decided that I, that I want a product, then I need to know how it's actually going to, how it's actually going to get to me. So, you know, those, those things, making sure actually as well, that customers understand that they do have control over their subscription, you know, that they're, um uh i think i think i think we would now see there it's it's only really legitimate for for a few types of businesses to require customers to phone them to sort of pause or cancel subscriptions it's sort of that you know and there are cases um but generally you know your customers are are much more likely to subscribe if they're comfortable that they will have control over their subscription um and so it's really good to make that clear um um, right up front, and that's something that that is very simple to do with Recharge and Shopify um, and, um, and the other integrations. Um, I think uh, the final thing for those for those startups is be absolutely obsessive about churn. Uh, so you know, don't celebrate uh, when you get your first subscriber. Celebrate when you've talked to your first subscriber after they churn and they've told you why they've left, (laughs) because then you can begin to improve um, and the next subscriber will stay a little bit longer and a little bit longer and so on. Churn is inevitable. Uh, It almost is inevitable. Um, uh, But um, whether you learn and improve your, your, your service um, in response to the reasons for churn and so on is up to you. Um, And, and you can very drastically change your, your, business prospects by, by working on churn in the long term. That's so good. There's, there's so
0: many conversations right
1: now about how retention is kind of the
0: new acquisition about keeping your customers is more important than acquiring in the first place. Don't celebrate when you got your first one, celebrate when you leave and you figure out why that's, that's really good. <laughs> um, let's flip the script a little bit and kind of go the other way. So let's say subscription brands already launched. They're already fine product market fit. Uh, let's say they're, you know, mid tens of thousands of subscribers. How do they get past a hundred thousand subscribers, keep scaling, get past all of those plateaus.
1: Yeah. Um, at this point, you know, you're, you're, you've you've I suppose you've really narrowed in on your on your 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 personas, your customer fit, your um, you know, your product quality. Um, you know, you've you've kind of got all those things down. So it's about incremental um improvement. And I think for subscription brands, that looks like things like personalizing the experience. Um uh, remember, you're engaging customers for a, hopefully a lifetime of, of um, a lifetime of, of purchasing, and so building long-term um, loyalty, um, building in um, referral messaging, these can all make. Really, really significant differences to the revenue um, that you achieve um, from that customer, and that customer's you know, sort of quality of that customer's experience with your brand over time. So, begin to personalize. You know, un- and what that means, I suppose, is is talk to your customers, under- understand them. You can do that through um, surveying on site, and that data that you collect in your in your surveying, which you know might be sort of you know age, gender, that kind of thing. Um, you can then store that data and begin to, and begin to personalize recommendations, begin to personalize emails to them, begin to um, you know, personalize, for example, in in the, in the portal, begin to personalize the products that are, that are shown there to those customers. So begin to personalize experiences, and hopefully you get a really positive feedback loop there where, um, where the customers get a better experience, they purchase more, um, and you can, you know, and you can reinvest that into more personalization. Um, uh, create high margin um, upsell cross-sell and um, um, uh, other purchasing opportunities to maximize that customer's lifetime revenue so again through personalization you better understand the customer you can you can um, you can implement those those various cross-sell upsell um, opportunities throughout your store through email uh, SMS through other channels um because when you're doing that, You know, you've turned, um, you know, you know, X revenue from um, uh, a customer who's going to be with you for X months uh, into, you know, XX, hopefully revenue for a customer who's going to be with you for the same amount of time. So, so suddenly again, with subscription, those, um, those numbers really multiply very quickly. Um, uh, You can start
0: a data understanding, gather all that data, and then be able to use the data and actually offer additional value to customers.
1: Yeah, use the data, uh, and it's a positive again. It's a positive feedback loop because as you um, you know, as you engage with those customers more, and uh, you know, ask them about about themselves and store store that data, understand them. You know, this is zero party data; it's yours, um, and it's used to improve the customers' overall experience with your brand. Um, uh, you, you know, you can continue to reinvest and ask more questions and understand more, and so on, and that's going to help you in in acquisition and conversion and retention. Um, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and then finally, I'd say um, keep things fresh um, and delight uh, long-term subscribers. So um, we talked a bit, a little bit about it earlier, but you know, apps, loyalty rewards, surprise gifts when they reach certain um, certain moments in their subscription journey with you. Um, you know, try and keep it fresh. Try and try and if it's an, if you're an experience-based subscription brand, it's so important that you continue to sort of surprise um, your customers. Um, so they, so they kind of continue getting that kind of, that kind of hit of enjoying, you know, and being surprised by the things that they receive. I love it. Love it. Final question. Let's bring you all the way back in the
0: subscription world. What are things that you subscribe to?
1: I subscribe to over here. We've got a, um, a great food, um, subscription box brand called mindful chef, um, they, um, they do sort of, they do, you know, great kind of organic, healthy, um, subscription boxes. Um, so I subscribe to them. I subscribe to a brand called Graze who, um, were a very, uh, early adopting, um, subscription, early adopting, um, brand. I think I started subscribing to them over eight years ago. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, so I, I subscribe to them. Uh, and then met my wife to be and recommended them to my wife to be. And we still receive the same. We still pay for those subscriptions separately, Uh, (laughs) uh, just because that's how the cards went and so on over time. Um, And uh, yeah, eight years later they still every every month drop through the letterbox and we're really excited to receive them. Subscriptions Um, spanning the lifespan of a, of a marriage. That's a marriage. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, And I have no intention of turning them off because they're great value now. Um, They're particularly great value now. Um, And then, finally, um, uh, we've got a really local little brand um, called Crankhouse Coffee, who, um, who we sort of built the store for a little while ago. And um, we just love, we absolutely love their coffee and uh, receive, I don't know, seven or eight packets of that in the office every month. Right on brand. You give me three Food & Bev uh,
0: brands that you subscribe to. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Dan, thank you so much. Really appreciate your insight. No problem. Thank you. We want to thank Dan once again for joining us. If you're interested in Swanky, you can head over to swankyagency.com.